Hey, this is Daryl Etherington, and you're listening to Found, the premier podcast about startup founders. I mean, I was going to say the only, but it's not. There's definitely more than one. But joining me today, as always, is my co-host. And uh, I guess... I, I know it. I know it. The lion's okay. mane to your Ash, Ashmaganda. What is it called? Well, I think you'll have to go to the website to get clarity on those ingredients. But you were pretty close. I don't know either, so I'm not going to like correct you. But that is relevant. I was going to do like... A mother, son, mother, child. Uh, That's a little creepy. Founding team and like, which role would you take in that in that duality between? I'm us? younger, but female, and that would be confusing. That's true. That's true. Okay, we'll we'll stick with the other. Thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, but this week's episode, there. this is going to make sense to all of you, dear listeners. Just hold on. Yes, because this week's episode it's a very special episode of Found. We have. Maria Shriver, yes, the former first lady of California, and also Patrick Schwarzenegger, who is, yes, her son and an actor in his own right. Actor, model, entrepreneur, he's done many, many things. And they are co-founders of Mosh, which is a new company that their debut product is a protein bar. I get the, I mean, they tell us directly they have intentions to do a lot more beyond that, focused on wellness, brain wellness, mental wellness. Yeah, and health. So, yeah, it's, I mean, I it's think a doozy. It's, a, it's a doozy. It's definitely a doozy. It's the most famous people we've definitely had on this show before. That's fair to say, right, Jordan? I think that's fair. I mean, to, to me, I, I was a little bit more starstruck by Earl, the winner of Survivor. But From Survivor, which is a great yeah. episode if, you, if people want to go back and revisit it. Great the, episode. Yeah. But yeah, they're pretty famous. They're they're fun, I think, to be they were around. Fun. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. And we had good vibes, I think. So Yeah. Real <laughs> good vibes with the the Shriver Schwarzenegger crew. So yeah. you're gonna you're gonna like it, listeners. Trust us. Yeah. And it's definitely an interesting perspective because it's not our typical I mean, no what none of our founders have a typical perspective. Everybody's story is unique, but this one is definitely also unique. And we hope you enjoy hearing all about how to build a business if you're family and if you also happen to be people of some around. So enjoy. Hello, Maria and Patrick. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having us. How great, you great. Oh, yeah. We're really excited to hear about your new entrepreneurial venture, Mosh, which is, I mean, when did you start it, actually? How old is it now? Oh, man. We, we launched it two weeks. Wow. A few weeks ago, it started maybe almost, almost two okay. years ago. Well, I guess it's really been multiple decades in the making for my side and for my mom's side, but we officially launched it's like three different ages. We've got a lot going on there. Yeah, yeah that's a very interesting answer. We launched on World Alzheimer's Day, which was September 21st. I've had this idea, as Patrick said, for decades, but it wasn't really until Patrick stepped in and said, I can help you do this. I know people in this space. Stop talking about it and go do it. And right. I think the fact that it sold out as quick as it did, that the reception for it tells me that there is this space that really people haven't thought about, talked about, or stepped into. And I'm super excited about the possibilities 
for this company. Great. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to hear a bit more about the idea. So you said you've had this for a long time. So what, what is the core idea that you've had for a long time? And then what's the expression in the, in the first launch here of Mosh? The idea I had, I've been an Alzheimer's advocate and activist for almost two decades. And I've done documentaries and films and books and coloring books and children's books. Everywhere I would go, people would say, well, do you have something to eat? What do I mm. eat? Or do you have a pill? And I say, well, you know, I don't have a pill. There is no pill, but I take these vitamins and I try to keep myself active. I started thinking like, God, I wish I had something I could give people that focused on brain health that also brought in all of the content that I'm always talking about. And since I'm a protein bar fanatic, I kept buying these protein bars and they'd give me a headache, they'd give me a stomach ache. And I kept saying to Patrick, God, I wish I could just make my own protein bar and start that way. And he said, let's do it. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm also a protein bar addict. I eat, yeah. uh, I buy them in like bulk, right? I buy like oh, the yeah. boxes of them yeah. and I just hide them around and <laughs> if I'm walking by. I'm like, like a dog bone. I have yeah. in, my, in my car. Uh, and I think, <laughs> you know, they're great for people who are on the move, right? And so yeah. many women I know are like saying to me, you know, I'm picking up kids, I'm, you know, going out to speak, I'm working, and I need something that I can just grab at any given moment that's not going to make me sick, that's not going to give me a sugar crash, that's not going to give me a headache, you know, and the list went on and on. And it's low calorie, you know, that's not high calorie. So there was a lot of points that we wanted to hit with this that came from people talking to me over a long period of time. Right. And Patrick, you just were like, you've been talking about this forever. Like, (laughs) I just want you to stop talking about it. Or like, how did you get involved? And why did you have you had the connections to kind of make this particular idea happen? Well, my background for the last, I guess now decade has been in CPG, Better For You Health and Wellness space. So, you know, I have been helping laundry list of 15 to 20 different food and bev companies from Blaze Pizza to Super Coffee to Liquid IV. And so I've been kind of marinating myself in this landscape and getting connections with different people from the marketing side to the branding side to our co-kitchens manufacturers, you know, our 3PLs, the logistics, the shipping. So I've just been learning a lot along the way and finally felt comfortable enough to really be able to take something on myself. We had really started this process of R&D and getting into all of the messaging and everything in January 2020. You know, it was our first time to go down to the kitchen and try products right, and everything. Yeah. And then COVID happened and it switched everything that I had learned or knew about entrepreneurialism and in the food and beverage space. And we were now communicating through Zoom with our comments and through our kitchens and Zooming with our food scientists and people that were helping us create and putting in the different vitamins and everything. So it was a totally different landscape from what I was used to. But I think that also gave us the ability to really spend more time and focus on this company because my other work of film and television stuff came to a complete halt. And I actually moved back in with my mom during the beginning of COVID. And so it was kind of like this worst but perfect timing for us to really work together and spend time together and focus on it. And yeah, that was that was kind of the uh, the marriage of it. Yeah, I just think it's interesting. You know, so many people, and certainly of my generation and women in general, I think you know, I kept sitting there going, like, is someone going to come along and ask me to do this? Is someone going to come along with this idea because it's so clear and like nobody was coming and nobody was mm. asking, right? 
And then it kind of married. Patrick's been entrepreneurial since his first lemonade stand, right? He's just always <laughs> been interested in business. I've always been interested in advocacy and activism and journalism. And so he had contacts in a world I didn't know anything about. And obviously, then I had contacts in a world that he wasn't steeped in. So I think it was a really great collaboration because he brought all these young people like I'd never heard of 3PLs. I didn't know any of these acronyms. I didn't know what he was <laughs> talking about. And I think that it's a great thing because he believed in me and I believed in him. And we both brought very different assets to the collaboration. Nice. Yeah, the 3PLs is a good pull, I was going to say, because I <laughs> I also didn't know that before I worked at Shopify. And then I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Because in the beginning, yeah. I was always interrupting, going, can somebody explain what we're talking about? There's so many acronyms <laughs> flying around here. I'm like, you know, and then I had to make them write out a whole sheet because there were like Fat Earth and 3PL and customer retention. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you if you want to send that to me, Maria, yeah, I'm sure I could yeah, make yeah. use we of it. We can all use the cheat sheet. I, think, I yeah. struggle. <laughs> yeah, those acronym dudes, they're all over the place. Oh my I, have, I have a question, though. So you're this is all about brain health, right, yeah. at its core. You know, you've got a lot happening here because on the one hand, you've built up some credibility, Maria, in this space, obviously, as someone who's cared about it and worked in it for a long time. And then there's also counteracting that. I think there's so much going on in the kind of health and wellness space, right, where there's it's like there's a new kind of trend or secret sauce every day, right? And I think consumers are really struggling to figure out what they can trust in and what, you know, is real and what's going to actually make an impact on their lives. So I'm just wondering how you guys have thought about that and approached it and how when you're going into building, you know, as the beginning, this protein bar, like what, who are you bringing in? Who do you have whispering in your ear being like, okay, I've done all the science and the math and I understand exactly what, what this should be, you know? I think the first part of it is, and we're very transparent and open about this, is we're not trying to say we are mm -hmm. preventing anything, that we are doing anything in particular to reverse this or do that, right. because that's just not true. Anybody that's out there saying, you know, take this pill and it's going to reverse your Alzheimer's, or it's going to help your brain not get, you know, these diseases. It's just not true. And I think that there's a lot of things that are happening today in the CPG and in the nootropic space and in the pills and vitamin space that's, you know, saying, you know, improve your focus and your memory and this and that. We really wanted to come at this from a point of view of, okay, let's meet the audience mm -hmm. and the customers where they are. And let's start to get them to think about their brain and their body health. In 20, 30, 40 years ago, when the CPG landscape was really starting to grow, it used to be just how do we feed people in different fun ways from cereals to snack bars, cereal bars, everything like that. In the last 10 years, it's gotten to become how do we get these certain foods to be more nourishing and have higher levels of protein. And today and where we're going is to customers asking, what is this product going to do for me? That's been the real interesting change of the CPG space. And, and what we wanted to do is just say, hey, this is still a very delicious, very nutritious bar that has great levels of protein from grass-fed whey and collagen sources, but it also follows a quote-unquote brain-healthy lifestyle by not having any added sugar. We have one gram of sugar total. We have quote-unquote high healthy levels of fats from almonds or chia seeds or flax seeds. And then we've got these ingredients such as vitamin B12 or vitamin D3, omega-3s, ashwagandha, lion's mane. So I don't want to say we're groundbreaking in, in any terms. We're not you know, creating some new thing that's 
never been heard of before. But what we're doing is taking ingredients in a brain healthy lifestyle and infusing that into a product that people are always shopping for and trying to get them to think about their brain as much as they're thinking about their biceps or their triceps or their thighs. I think that that's what we really wanted to do. And that's what we did with our branding. We didn't want to make it super sterile or scientific. We wanted to make it more fun and inviting. And I think one of the other parts is that we want to be impactful with people learning about how they can live a brain healthy lifestyle. So even like on our Instagram post today, it's a quote from a doctor talking about ways to improve brain health. And that's through exercise or through sleep, through socializing. You know, there are other things besides just our product. We're not a product company. We're a mission-based company. And that's to educate consumers on how to live a brain healthy lifestyle. I think that I understand what you're saying, Jordan, of, you know, how do you kind of guarantee this or that? Or how do you kind of mix the knowledge of scientists and stuff? But we're really not trying to do that, if that makes sense. But I, I yeah. just jump on to what Jordan said, uh, Patrick obviously said a lot there, which was great. But I think, Jordan, you know, when I started advocating for Alzheimer's or trying to understand why it disproportionately impacted women, that it was 20 years in your brain beforehand, it was an uphill battle to get scientists and researchers to even think that it disproportionately impacted women. And then we started talking about, well, what could women do in particular? What could anybody do? And they're like, there's nothing, there's nothing you can do. And yet Mm -hmm. now we now know that there is some reporting as many researchers believe that 50 up to 50% of Alzheimer's cases may be preventable due to lifestyle choices. This entire lifestyle choice discussion, it came really from Europe off of the finger study and people saying, well, wait a second, what about what we're eating? What about how we're managing stress? What about how sedentary we've become? What are, mm-hmm. What's in our food? And I think that I see us actually, I disagree with Patrick, I do see us as groundbreaking because what you're eating does impact your mental health, your cognitive health. And my generation did not grow up with any of this. You know, people in my generation never heard of ashwagandha. They never heard of lion's mane. When people ask me like what I'm taking, I said, I'm taking cat's claw and ashwagandha. They're like, what? You're taking a cat's claw? And I'm like, well, this is what my doctor has recommended to me. I'm taking cocobia. I'm taking this. I'm taking that. Because I know what's at risk. I watch somebody go through this. So I think to be a company that does have a groundbreaking mission, not just with the product, but with the overall philosophy and saying, look it, if you don't care about your brain health, we're not your jam. But if you've seen someone struggle with their mental health, if you've struggled from brain fog, if you want to be in the driver's seat, if you want to help your parent, we're your jam. And we're going to have more stuff and we're going to have more content. And it's a space. And I've always believed in anything, whether it's journalism, whether I was first lady, whether no matter what, find your space, your lane that no one's playing in and go for it. And there's nobody really playing in this space. There's a lot of supplements out there, you know, like you'll see ads on CNN, you know, like, oh, Einstein and his hair is all, you know, up and like, take a pill and remember who your kids' names are and stuff like that. We specifically didn't start with supplements. We started what was authentic to us. And I've learned a tremendous amount about reading labels and what's in food from Patrick and his siblings, because your guys' generation grew up with that. We grew up with never looking at a label. And right. The brain body connection, it wasn't really something you right. know, people just like, well, I'll have the meat potatoes and yeah. 
why do I feel weird, right? <laughs> Every night well, for <laughs> part of anybody's discussion. You know, it just never, people forget that, I think, that are in their 30s or 20s, or people can't even imagine that you didn't know about the effects of sugar. People can't imagine that everybody was in exercise. People can't imagine that everybody, you know, Patrick's asked me, he goes, did you just go on an airplane and people smoked? I'm like, yeah. And yeah. there weren't seatbelts. <laughs> and, you know, this is my lifetime. You know, what we're trying to do with this is reach people like Patrick in his age group and have them talk to people in my age group. And I'm trying to reach people in my age group who did not grow up with this and who are scared of losing their minds. Mm -hmm. It's interesting too, because it feels like you have an, mm -hmm. a wave that's also working in your favor with a younger generation. That's not just, I, mean, I think it's fair to say we're more health conscious, right? Just in general, because like right. you said, we grew up kind of reading the label and hearing kind of scary stories about this or that. Yeah. But we're also, I think, much more preventative than generations before yeah. us. Like you right. see, this is not even on the same scale, but like you see younger people doing Botox so much more now, right? Yeah. Like it used to be kind of like an older person's game. Yeah. And now you see like late 20s and early 30s going and doing Botox because they realize it's preventative. So it's interesting because I would say maybe 20 years ago or even 10 years ago, it right. might have been really hard to get a young generation to say, oh, I'm worried about my brain health. Like I'm young. Like I'm much more worried about how my face looks and if I'm yeah. skinny, you know, like that's <laughs> where my head's at. So it's interesting because I think that that's working in your favor right now, right? This like kind of preventative yeah. thinking from young people. And also a lot of young people now have parents who are my age who have dementia. Mm. So it used to be maybe your grandparent. Now they have, Patrick has friends who have been advising who have mothers and fathers with dementia who are in their 60s, right? So this is real. This and Patrick's generation, your generation, you are what I call the caregivers on deck because if your mm. parents get sick, you're going to get a knock on the door. You're going to get a phone right. call and your whole life is going to go upside down. And so I think this is a really, we're talking about prevention. We're talking about it in a fun way. I think we're talking about saying, you know, what you eat is important, but also who you surround yourself with is important. What kind of work you do is important. Are you a lifelong learner? Are you an exerciser? Do you have a spiritual life? All of these we now know, whether you're looking at the blue zones, whether you're looking at the Finnish study, you know, this has an impact on your health and it has an impact on your brain health. So is it fair to say that this is, it sounds like it's very much then a lifestyle brand that you want to encompass all of these things, like including these educational pieces. And that's that's in your marketing materials too, right? But is that also, you're thinking about a whole product portfolio, like you want to do many more things that you actually offer direct to sale on top of these like yeah. payload materials or Patrick, do you? Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think that's been one of the things when we've been talking with people, they're like, wow, I mean, the protein bar space is so crowded and, and, you know, it's so hard to make it in that. And you guys really just want to do that. And, you know, we taglined ourselves as the brain brand and, you know, we didn't call ourselves a protein bar company because we really do want to go and, and create other different product lines. And this is our first of hopefully many and hopefully it'd have different flavors. But, you know, there are other spaces that are continuously growing year over year tremendously, like hydration and different functional beverages and powders, morning routines that aren't coffee or alternatives. You know, I think there's a lot of things that we want to get to. We started this company, just my mother and myself, it's family owned, family run. And so we're not just trying to put out a hundred products right away. We wanted to really start small online, have a community and a customer base that we communicate with and talk with so that we can learn what are they liking, not liking, what kind of products do they want to see in the future. And we're trying to do it the uh, the right way and the fun way. I don't know if it's going to be next year or in two years, but we definitely hope to listen to our customers and see what else they're looking for and kind of adapt to that. 
I wanted to come out with like five products all at once, you know, because I was like, people <laughs> need to know what to drink. They need to know what to eat. They need to know the vitamins. Well, and Patrick was like, let's just stay, let's start small. Let's do a good job. Let's stay focused. <laughs> and we have time. I'm like, I'm out of time. I don't have time, you know, and, but I think it's, you know, certainly once again, coming back to, I approach these things, I'm a journalist. So this product is another way for me to spread the message of prevention, to spread the message of a brain healthy lifestyle. And Patrick is really good at kind of knowing this is what's, you know, I can say this is what we need, but he's really good at getting it done. And like saying, like, don't jump into too many things all at once. But this definitely, I look at it as a lifestyle. It's the lifestyle that we are certainly living. And I know a lot of people my age have adopted a new lifestyle as they've gotten into their 50s and 60s because they know that Alzheimer's or dementia or Parkinson's, all of these things percolate a really long time in your system before you're symptomatic. So trying to get control of your health. And they also know what the healthcare industry is. And they've seen families up close and they're like, wait a minute, I better, I better do everything I can to either delay this, prevent it, or at least know that I tried my hardest. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what is interesting to me about the interplay between you two, right? Like, so you had this urgency and this, like, I want to do all these things all at once. Patrick was like, let's go one at a time and like laser focus. So like, how else has it been kind of working together to start this? Like, how do you, what are your relative sort of strengths and where do you kind of like look yeah. to the other to help you? We talked about expertise, but when you're actually structuring the business and thinking about business planning, what it, are your relative it, strengths? Yeah. There? It was a really I'm interested in this too. dynamic between the <laughs> two of us. Uh, you know, I think my mom is really great, you know, with messaging and wording and everything like that. And, and again, I didn't have as much say with the bar of, in terms of the protein levels or the calorie levels and stuff, because we did want to make this more of a female-led company. So I did let her really drive the train on that. And as well as customers, like we did a lot of testing and tastings with customers. And that's why it took almost 18 months because we did over 20 iterations. I mean, our bar to start was at 250 calories. It was at seven grams of sugar. Mm -hmm. And we ended up with something that was at, you know, 160, 170 calories and, and one gram of sugar, because that was the feedback that we were getting from the specific target audience and from something my mom wanted to eat. We really, it's tough because we were two different generations, obviously, and people in my age range and millennials probably look for something a little bit different than my mom's age range does. But when it came to like the branding and all of that, we really, it was my mom that kind of made sure that we stuck to our mission. She was very adamant about being a mission driven company and being, that's how we were born and created. And, you know, even with our branding, we went back and forth and I was so frustrated because she didn't like any of the brandings that we were doing. We did like 40 different versions. And then finally, <laughs> she came up with the idea of having a brain scan be gradient across the packaging and across the box and stuff. So our colors are actually from a, a female brain scan, and it's just you've been and pushed out across. And same thing with our naming. Oh, wow. Our naming process took almost a full year. Uh, we, we could not get a name, and I was like, Mom, we need to have a name that speaks to what we're trying to do, like mind or cerebellum or, or, or like or Meinstein or something like that. Like, let's make it unique that has to do with brain. And she was like, nope, no, I don't like those. I've got the perfect name, MOS. And I was like, MOS? And she was like, yeah, MOS. So we started with MOS. And we started talking to people and they were like, ooh, those Moss bars are good. And my mom was like, no, 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 no. We can't have people calling it Moss. 
And I was like, you see, mom, this is what's happening. We can't do your idea. And she was like, oh, my God, what if it's MOS health? And then I was like, I don't think that helps. And then she took the H from health and made it mosh. So Mosh is Maria Owing Shriver Health, and then it all came together. But anyways, that's just kind of a story of the back and oh. forth of pushing each other. And, and uh, I'm sure she has many other stories. She can. Yeah, I would love to hear some of those stories from your perspective, Maria. Because, I mean, I, it's funny because you guys are not the first parent child. Patrick, I know you're a grown man. And in the previous case, the same thing was true as well. But I just spoke to a co-CEOs, a mother and daughter. It was really interesting hearing them talk about some things like when there is some sort of conflict, right? Like in terms of decision making and stuff like that and how that's worked. And I remember the first time I talked to them, the daughter kept calling Edith mom. And then the second time that I talked to him about a year later, she kept calling her Edith uh, and, in, in the thing. interview, right? The and and it's interest, it was interesting to watch them have, you know, I talked to them a year apart and they'd kind of grown and figured out what that relationship dynamic was as business partners. And I'm just curious, you know, I would love to hear from you, Maria, on what it's like to work with your son. I'm sure at some points you want to encourage every single thing he says. And at other points, you're like, I'm your f-ing mom, you know, like, um, <laughs> listen to me. So I, I'm interested. Well, I've, um, it, to me, it's been a joy, I have to say. And I think Patrick has pushed me in ways that I haven't been pushed in my whatever 45 year career. But I've been working with, I first started kind of bringing his lemonade back and forth to his stand when he was like five or six. So I started as his assistant in uh, his first business adventures. And then when I was first lady of California, I had a big conference and he had the idea of making bracelets with words on them and that he could, I said, well, that's great. He's I can make a lot of money. I said, well, then we have to give the money away. And so he's like, I have to give it away. I'm like, yeah, we have to give the money away. And so he started, you know, making these bracelets and I worked with him on that and he gave some to Alzheimer's. He gave a lot to domestic violence shelters and he built this little company during the time I was first lady. And then he went on to make a company, an apparel company with words on it and stuff like that. So we've worked together on different ideas over time, but nothing, you know, as intense as this. And I think he's my you know, what he brings to the table, as I've said, the business end of it, knowing all these people, I didn't know any of that. I didn't know any of the people. I didn't know the website people. I didn't know. And then people have wanted to come and get involved in this because they knew of my advocacy or they have a family member with dementia. So it's been a kind of a beautiful, I would say, blending of talents of my, as he said, you know, he kept saying to me, make your stuff shorter. You have too many words. You're not saying the same thing, you know? And so he made me. It's good to have an editor. Yeah, it's good to have an editor. And I, you know, he's like, you have this much space to put your message. And I'm like, I'm used to working. And then he goes, don't tell me. I know you're used to working in journalism and this and this. I don't care. This is a different thing. And I'll be like, excuse me. And he's like, don't tell me everything you've done. Just tell me what you can do right here, right now. So I kind of like that. I had four brothers growing up. I ha- so I'm used to kind of that kind I, of energy. <laughs> yeah. I think to just sum up this, this question, See, I think he's trying one to stop of the- me now. He, he said, too many words. You only have this much space. <laughs> <laughs> the one of the the hardest parts, and I I don't know necessarily if this is just always in businesses or if it's particularly hard when it's uh you're doing business with family, is kind of how to handle and what happens when 
shit hits the fan, which we've now had a few cases of. And I think that's one of the hardest parts in how we've had to kind of communicate during those times, because for me, running the company, you don't want that, obviously. Right. You don't want things to go completely wrong. And and then also, I don't want things to go completely wrong because it I don't want to let my mother down. So there's the family side of it as well. And then also financially, it's a, you know, a lot at stake and we've put up the money for this company ourselves. So I think that's been probably the hardest challenge is kind of how to go through those downtimes, which happens a lot during the entrepreneurial life. Yeah. So I don't know, mom, if, if that's been anything for you, but I've definitely been for me, especially when we, when we lost our kitchen, you know, after it working for a year with one and that set us back almost five or six months and the cost that came with that. And then also we had a malfunction with one of our ingredients before we were going out and that made us delayed more. And then a, a huge kind of cost effect there as well. Mm. And me having to deliver that news to, to my mom was, was terrible. And I had one of the worst anxiety written days of my life, but those were kind of things I would say were really tough. Yeah. That's cause, cause it's like, it's the complicated layer of, it's not just, the professional disappointment is like, right. And it's enmeshed with, with all your family dynamics too. Right. Which is what we hear that like Jordan was saying, we've also spoken to a lot of husband and wife founders. Right. And like, they have the same thing where it's like, this is everything. Like this is our lives together. And we also have the huge risk of being an entrepreneur, right? Like being an entrepreneur comes with risks. So it's, it's difficult to have those things tied together. For me, uh, that part, I was more difficult for Patrick, but I grew up in a mm. family that kind of worked on things together, political races that some that went well, some that did terrible. I worked, you know, uh, I've been in a lot of foxholes. So I said to Patrick, I'm not, you know, I don't get upset about stuff going wrong. I'm used to stuff going wrong. You know, when the bars, when I first touched the bars the first time and I, they came in, and I saw them, I almost sobbed because it was like, you know, it was the same feeling of like when you write a book or something like that, when you hold this product that we've worked so long. For me, it was like anything after this is just gravy. I would never have gotten here without you. I would never be holding this in my hand without you. I've wanted to do this for so long. I couldn't get it done. People would say, you're too old. You know, nobody in your age group wants to eat that. and you know, like, wow, how wrong they were, and how great mm -hmm. this is. And if it can help people learn things, if it can help them shift the way they live, and we can do something good together, that's awesome to me. And the risk was worth it. I mean, that's the other thing we hear too, time and time again, is when we have entrepreneurs who come in with more experience or more life experience, right? Life They're just like, yeah. Well, you know, uh, yeah, I'm more resilient. I'm, I've dealt with this appointment in the past, yeah. right? And I'm able to just kind of like work through it. Yeah. And whereas the younger ones, like you, Patrick, <laughs> <laughs> they get a little, they get a little scared. Well, <laughs> no, and it's the like, anxiety's always there. Like you said too, it's like the high stakes of the fact that like this is not just the business that I'm running. It's my business with my family member, right? That I want to make sure I'm, you know, coming through for. But then there's also this other side to that where it's like the ultimate safety net. Like, you know that like, no matter what goes wrong, she's your mom, you know? <laughs> like, she's always yeah. going to love you. And he's your son. He's always going to, you know, it's always going to yeah. be okay between the two of you. So that's something special, I think, as entrepreneurs to be able to have that together because there are so many people who start businesses together that can't, work things out. They don't have that like kind of ultimate bond that yeah. makes it 
all going to be okay, no matter what goes wrong. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's a little higher stakes emotionally, but it's also much safer in a way as well. It's interesting. It's like a superpower. Yeah. I never thought of it that way, but that is a good point. Yeah. We're going to do a superpower bar now. (laughs) (laughs) But I like, so you've also, I mean, I found the materials and I found the connection a really big part of it. Like when I was going through the site, I like the message was easy to find. And I think you did a good balance where, yeah, you provided the message in a way that was digestible on the site. And then you also sent people to further resources if they wanted to go there, right? Yeah. Like in like three steps, I was at the Women Alzheimer's Movement website and reading kind of more in depth about it and learning more about, you know, like you said, like the imbalance that there's been historically about around research. Yeah. Uh, and clinical studies and everything. So it's been effective that way. That's like, I think it's well designed that way. And I think it's great that you also put the proceeds commitment, right? Yeah. So it's 5% of sales go towards uh, the research. And that was the other thing. We didn't want this bar to have the word Alzheimer's in it. This is not a, the Women's Alzheimer's Movement is a nonprofit that has got a very specific mission and focus. And so we wanted this to be about brain health, to be young, to be mm-hmm. vital, to be fun, to not be scary. Because when anybody hears the word Alzheimer's, they're scared, right? So we're like, mm-hmm. if you want to know more, go over here. And the thing that's also, you know, as the founder of the Women's Alzheimer's Movement, you know, I was that was also a big reason to develop this was that I needed something else to help raise money. I could only speak at so many luncheons, at so many dinners, at so many events to raise money. And we give out seed grants that are matched by NIH. So right. You know, I was always looking for some other way to raise money for this organization and to bring in people to the organization. Like you would never have found out about the women's Alzheimer's movement had it not been for Mosh. Right. I mean, that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. And they're finding that now all these young people are coming. So I'm trying to operate on as many cylinders as possible and direct people to multiple platforms like that. Yeah, that's great. And also, Patrick, I mean, from your perspective and your experience as CPG, like, you know, that customers want their products to be affiliated or associated with the movement, right? Like they want their consumption to do something in the world beyond just move dollars around these days. Yeah, it's not only customers, but I would say employees as Mm, well. Uh, We've been inundated with with people messaging us wanting to come and work with us because of the mission aspect. And just, you know, the people, every single person that works with us from our customer relationships to our press PR, to our marketing, to our operations, to the people that are actually helping making the, the product, Everybody has had a firsthand experience with someone in their family having Alzheimer's or dementia. Wow. And that was really important with us because we, a lot of the times, didn't go with the quote-unquote big person or the experienced person or anything like that. But we really wanted to bet on people that were betting on us and the mission and that had a direct experience with Alzheimer's and with dementia. It's just been such a kind of unreal experience so far. And the person who's in charge of our customer relationships He's come to every single Alzheimer's event that my mom has done. Wow. And he messaged us when he heard about the company and said, look, I've been to every single event. I've raised money at your guys' events. My father has Alzheimer's and like, there'd be nothing you know, more meaningful for me than to work with you guys on this mission and, and on this product. And so we hired him and he's been helping us. And it's just been a really kind of like a cool stories like that, that have been, you know, so not only from the customer side, it was the point of that. But yes, I think. Uh, you know, during this COVID experience and time, people really want to work for mission-driven companies. They want to support mission-driven companies. 
And from our side, we really wanted to show people that you can do mm-hmm. both. You know, we're not 100%. We're not a nonprofit. We're a company that intends to make money, but also intends to be its first goal is to spread the mission, you know, to be a B Corp eventually. And we want to show people that customers buy the why, not the what. They invest in the mission, not the product. And yeah, so hopefully I can show my generation that they can create that as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also, to me, very compelling and, and also touching that you've done this thing around this shared experience that you both had that was like very emotional and difficult, obviously, right? But it's turned into something that is a beacon, I guess, for other people who've had the same thing. Like you're talking about your team and your employees. So that's amazing to see something good come out of something that is such a horrible experience to have had gone through, right? I think it's also super interesting. I've watched, like, I learned something from my kids, how they dealt with my dad, because they were dealing, I was frustrated with his Alzheimer's. I wanted him to be the man he was when I was growing up and who I knew him to be. And my kids were just interested in playing puzzles with him or Mm. laughing with him. And so this kind of caregiving experience, multi-generation is also a big way of learning from the other generation. I'm a big believer that we learn from each other. We learn from different generations. So I was able to calm down about my father and say like, okay, well, wait a second. He's not who he used to be. I see my kids playing puzzles with him. Okay. Let me get on that schedule, you know, even though that was kind of mm-hmm. mind blowing to me. And I think we've seen, you know, other people Patrick's age who have said, okay, I have a grandfather with Alzheimer's. I'm going to make a movie about it. I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, do this about it. I'm going to do videos on my content page because I think I want to be a part of the process. I want you to see somebody either living with it well or living with it in a different way. So this generation is taking that in a different direction as well. So they're not only eating differently, they're approaching the entire Alzheimer's dementia, ALS, Parkinson's space from a storytelling place, which is also super interesting uh, to me. It is. Yeah. yeah. And it's amazing how it foregrounds the ex- or changes your interpretation of the experience of the individual who's afflicted, right? Because my, you know, my grandparents didn't have, um, weren't diagnosed with Alzheimer's, but towards the end, they had, you know, very significant dementia and you you still had very pleasant moments and experiences with them, right? Because they were they were maybe living in a different time than you were, but they were still enjoying themselves and still enjoying their lives. And mm-hmm. it was a special thing, but it's it's not something you see represented very much. Yeah. But it's like you said, like people are changing the way they're representing these conditions and, and how to live with them in media, which is very powerful. Yeah. And it sounds like that's like kind of built into part of the the lifestyle extended brand that you're that you're creating. Yeah. We could do videos, <laughs> Patrick. Everybody's like, you should do a podcast. You should do a TV show. You should do this. And I'm like, ah. And now it's good. I'm like, yeah, that's right. We should do this. We should do that. And Patrick's like, let's just get the bars right. Focus. <laughs> yeah, focus. Yeah, focus, 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 focus. Well, that's great. I mean, I I think uh, I think we're just about out of time. But Jordan, do you have anything there that you wanted to finish up with? But I I really enjoyed talking to you. I think this is fantastic. Thank I you, Dan. Really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's just I think it's a great mission. I'm excited to hear. I I don't think that we'll get you to tell us what it is that's next in the pipeline. I know you said other flavors, but once we go beyond bars, yeah. Could you, Patrick? What's the next thing us? you let Maria do? <laughs> Yeah, well, I know you have we, a list, we, uh, a long list, Maria. What, I do. Like, what's he's next? Stopping me. He like he's like stop oh. it, stop it. Here's, here's a little sample of it. Oh, he's waving something from the camera. Salt? But this, since this is an it's audio like only podcast, it's a mystery. <laughs> uh, 
But that's one of the things we've learned is how long everything takes, especially right now with supply chain issues and just everything that's going on with COVID. So we've already started working on other product lines just to be ahead of the ball. But we'll see what comes next. You know, I think, you know, like we said before, we really want to create a community and be very interactive with our followers and with our customers. And we're creating this private mosh pit group with people that really want to have direct say in different flavors and product lines in the future. And, you know, I think it's one thing to kind of just slap our faces or names on a product and go out to retail. And this is the other route to really try to build it small and properly and grow it, you know, over time and, and really try to to build a, a, a community and, and utilize our customers to help make decisions. Probably so none of the food that I awesome. really like will be producing. Like I'm trying to figure out how I could do a brain healthy popcorn. It, it probably will not happen, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's one of the things that I really like. I've talked to a couple of doctors. I was like, I want to do popcorn. They're like, no, popcorn is not good. For brain health. I'm like, oh, okay. So you'll find a way. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Modern medicine, right? Uh, modern science. Well, thank you guys so much. Yeah. It was awesome to chat with you. Nice to see you, Patrick. Yeah, I'm so. Uh, it was great to be on here, and thank you guys so much. Greatly appreciate it. And, and let us know your when we get more products, and we'll send you up some of our. Oh yeah, uh, we'd love to. Yeah, try yeah, but they're. We, we didn't get in the pre-order early enough. We didn't. We didn't get the drop. I know. So we missed we out. Totally missed. <laughs> it. I know. We're gonna have. We have more product coming up and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it was, it, you know, our first week was pretty mind-blowing. We had enough inventory we thought to last us through the Christmas holidays and everything. And then wow. it all just went, you know, sold in five days. So it was it was a really wild experience. And we're still getting orders out there because it was our 3 PL. <laughs> <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. You're but, showing off uh, now, Patrick. There's a good story, Patrick. <laughs> so there's good news and there's bad news. I was like, okay, what's the good news? He goes, we're going to sell out. In like a day. And I was like, oh, well, what's the bad news? He goes, we have no more product. We're going to sell it in a day. <laughs> we have no more product for at least seven weeks. I'm like, oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, we're going gonna to get a call from you guys yeah. in six weeks, right? Well, we're doing a second launch. Okay. That's right. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Actually, this might go up in around seven weeks. So that would work yeah, out. Yeah, maybe we'll be in time. No, I think it'll go up sooner. We got, we got the backlog. But that, okay. yeah, that's awesome. But let me know. Did Shopify hold up for you, though? Is that okay? Because I'll tell my friends back there that you did a good job if it did. Otherwise, Shop- okay. Shopify has been great for us. We, we work okay. on Shopify. I mean, we customize our website a little bit in our in our you know, recharge portal and everything like that. But it's been so far, we had a few malfunctions on oh, day just one. Send me any complaints. From, I'll pass them along. Yeah. I'll escalate. No, I'm sure you have, I'm sure okay, you have white gloves service already. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. We really appreciate it. All right, Jordan. So that was our conversation with Maria and Patrick. And... We know one thing. We know we're on the list for the next shipment of mosh bars. But what else do we know, Jordan, after that chat? Mm. Well, you know, I thought the conversation around working with family was probably the most interesting to me of all of this. I mean, focusing on brain health and the way that the market is right now is going to be interesting for them. And they've got some momentum behind them. But I think the most interesting bit was was hearing from a mother-son founding duo and kind of hearing them kind of in real time disagree about things and also support one another and kind of 
I loved when Patrick was talking about the anguish he went through needing to deliver bad news to his mom, you know, and that oh, he doesn't want to disappoint or let down his mom. Yeah. Um, it was really interesting. It was. And then to hear her perspective, which was just kind of like, that doesn't matter at all, right? Which was very interesting, right? And I wonder if they'd had that conversation ever before that, right? Or maybe he didn't know that that was kind of like how she felt about it. You can't really disappoint me. And also, I'm sort of immune to that kind of thing at this point. Like, I expect those things to happen. And, you know, it's not like the end of the world if you're going to bring it. Well, and I think there's like a piece of it too, where it's like, okay, you can't disappoint me. You're my son and I love you. Right. So like, if anything, I would be sad for you to have this bad news as well. Right. right? Then there's the piece that's like, I'm older and I've gone through more and I know how to handle disappointment just generally. But then there's the third piece, which I wish we had talked about now that I'm thinking about it, which is like, would it have been different if there wasn't more money in the bank? You know, like we're talking to people who are very wealthy and can fund, you know, their own business. And so, you know, if you were spending your last dollars and had a six month delay or had to change kitchens and didn't have more in the bank to fuel it, what would that have conversation have gone like, you know? So, right. The scale of risk is definitely a factor, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I was also thinking that we didn't really address before was that this is the first time we've had two founders on at once at the same time, right? Which is like, which is pretty interesting because they can actually in real time agree, disagree, whatever. Whereas Mm -hmm. usually we have one founder on and they're providing their perspective about often about when they've had disagreements or whatever with people, but the other person isn't there <laughs> to address it. And maybe they're just listening at home and be like, no, that's not the way it goes. But we why don't did know. you say it that way? Yeah. We don't even know the after the fact <laughs> fights, but one of the things that I do love to do when I'm talking to either a VC founder duo on TechCrunch live or two founders at the same time is ask them, what is the greatest challenge for the company? And I right. make sure that both of them answer And it's always interesting to kind of like see the other one's face while one's talking like, wait, you think that I thought it was, uh, you you know, it's (laughs) an interesting thing, but I liked having two founders on at once. Yeah, definitely a lot of fun. Yeah. I think that it's really interesting to their dynamics in terms of like where their expertise is. And, you know, Maria has done decades of work on, on Alzheimer's and on charitable work around Alzheimer's. And then Patrick has done a, more, a lot more work than I expected on e-commerce business. He was expert on things like he was just dropping the acronyms like CPG, consumer packaged goods for people He's who an don't know. Acronym King, three yeah. PL. Why don't you tell the people what three PL is? Because we got that one a lot. Yeah, three PL, which came up a number of times, means third party logistics, which is your shipping partners essentially for for when you're doing distribution of like products bought online. So he's definitely well-versed. He definitely has that background and he seems to really enjoy it, which is another thing I wish I'd asked him directly because, you know, you had a conversation at Disrupt with Ryan... uh, uh, Reynolds. Reynolds. (laughs) I'm blanking on it. (laughs) But, you know, and he brought up that he likes marketing like more than acting. Now I'm like, does Patrick Schwarzenegger like e-commerce and like CPG more than that? And it seems like he does, so... Yeah. I mean, I mean, it doesn't surprise yeah. me. I feel like these people like acting is definitely like an artistic skill that I'm sure is very fulfilling. But you know, we're talking about like, not that actors aren't smart, but we're talking about smart people who want to like exercise their problem solving skills, you know, yeah. and that's what they get to do in these outlets. So very cool. Well, we're at a, all the stars, you know, you know, the deal. We're just really good. This was like a really good one. So give us extra stars. 
Yeah. Please. On top of perfect. We're begging. <laughs> we'll give you a protein bar. We're about to get a big shipment, so. Found is hosted by myself, TechCrunch News Editor Dale Etherington, and TechCrunch Managing Editor Jordan Crook. We are produced by Ashad Kulkarni and edited by Kel Keller, and Maggie Stamets is our associate producer. TechCrunch's audio products are managed by Henry Pickovit. Our guests this week were Maria Shriver and Patrick Schwarzenegger, co-founders of Mosh. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and on Twitter at twitter.com slash found. You can also email us at found at techcrunch.com and you can call us at 510-936-1618 and leave us a voicemail. Also, we'd love if you could spare a few minutes to go ahead and fill out our listener survey at bit.ly, that's bit.ly slash found listener survey. Thanks for listening and we'll be back next week. Hold up. 